All right. Welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast, a podcast for fathers by fathers, uh, where we talk about the four pillars of fatherhood, which are faith, family, finance and fitness. And uh, I've got another guest here with me today, and I'm actually excited to have this one because uh, it's somebody that I saw on on social media. Um, I actually saw a post uh, from him where he's talking about one on one time, uh, spending one on one time with your kids. And it's something that resonated with me because I have two girls with very different personalities and they definitely need one-on-one time. Um, so I am, I'm going to kick it over to him to kind of give a little bit of a, a intro to himself. But, uh, but again, like I said, guys, I'm excited to hear this one, man. Everything I see in post is, is been gold. Uh, so I'm sure you guys are going to get something out of this. Jaron, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm a, uh, my full name is Jaron Matheson. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur for many years. I'm a father of three boys. I will be married for 14 years to my lovely wife uh, this June coming up, and it's been amazing. Uh, I actually got married really young at 21, and my wife is seven years older than me, so I definitely married up in many ways, spiritually, age, and everything. Um, I love hanging out with my, my family, my boys. I love fatherhood, and that's obviously how you found me. And I just love pouring into people and learning from other people. And then I can pass that stuff on. So I have a passion on teaching and helping new fathers and new people in business in those two areas of my life a lot. Awesome. Awesome. So how many, how many, uh, how many boys do you have? I got three boys. Ooh. And what are, what are their ages? So I got a 12, 11 and an eight year old. Awesome. 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 So you, you've got, you've got some experience in this thing. So it'll be, uh, it's gonna be really cool to hear how that is. Uh, I've got the two and we stopped at two because I, I felt like we were going to get outnumbered. Uh, how is it? How is it with three? <laughs> yeah, no, you know, three is really fun. I, we, when we had the two, we really wanted to have another one and we just felt like that, that other one will really help play with the other ones when the other ones were, you know, they're fighting or whatever. We didn't know this at the time, but uh, we felt three was a good number. We cut that off. And it's funny. We kind of say that because it fits in like most cars. So like the three in the back seat, we didn't have to go get like a super minivan. And that's like our joke of our family of why we stopped at three. But uh, three is a lot, man. It's uh, it's a handful. And I got a lot of friends that have like five or six kids. And I think God graces us with how many we can have and what we're we're here stewards to, you know, pour into. And for me and my wife, three was like the the perfect number. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the uh the five and six, man. I've got some friends that that have that five and six, and I'm like, man, I don't know how you you guys are super people, like to to manage that many yeah. different people and that many personalities in one household is is impressive to say the least. It is very impressive to do that, yes. Yeah. So um so you've been married for fifteen years. How did uh how did you and your, your wife meet? Dude, this is a this is a hilarious story. So I I did a very non-traditional in today's society route. I actually helped her father build her house. Um I did not know her at the time. And she would come up on the weekends and then I got invited to go swing dancing with her and her friends. I was 20, she was 27. And so I was like the little kid in this in this group. And then I just started like I'm like, I think I like this girl. And we were just hanging out, just being as friends with like seven or eight of us. And then one day I was like, no, you know what? I love her. I haven't even told her I liked her at this point. And so I just prayed a lot about it, talked to a couple other friends. And they said, I'm, they're like, yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. 
And I got confirmation from the Lord, like, this is your wife. And so one day I, I actually, I was at her house and this is probably like the third or fourth time we hung out one-on-one. And I told her out of the blue that I love her. I loved her. <laughs> and I waited for like three or four minutes in dead silence as she was just staring across the table at me. And I'm thinking, I got to go in the military. I'm going to join the Marine. I'm like, I'm out. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I just did. And yeah. she said, I think I do too. And then a week later, I, we were engaged. I asked her father for her hand in marriage. He said, yes. Um, and yeah, then we just started life. I think within three or four months after that, we got married. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, I guess they say when you know, you know, but three, three or four, like yeah. one-on-one dates. <laughs> No, there wasn't never a date. I didn't even tell her I liked her. I went, I literally oh, wow. went and told her I loved her before she knew I even liked her. We were just hanging out together with a, with a lot of groups of friends and we were, we were going swing dancing. We go to movies, but there was never this like romantic, you know, like dating or courtshipping or anything. And just one day, like the Lord literally hit me and is like, this is your wife. And I was like, what, excuse me? Um, she doesn't even know I like her. <laughs> <laughs> and and I literally felt God tell me like, you need to tell her you love her. You need to tell, and you're wow. like this. And I was like, okay, this is weird. But for me, I was like, I just feel like that's something in relationships. Like if God is telling you something and you know, it's from the Lord, then it's going to, it's going to be true. And it's going to be what is for you. Right. And that's, it's, I think it's very important to listen to that. And it was, it was so scary to do that, man. Like to go and tell someone that you love them before you tell them you like them. I mean, everything yeah. going through my brain is like, dude, she's probably going to like, is she going to like slap me? Is she going to like run away? Like, I don't know what, how she's going to react. Right. But I feel like from a relationship standpoint, it was really good. Later on, I found out from her point of view that she, from her past relationships, that she wanted a man kind of like what I did. And I didn't know that. And it was very interesting to, to, to connect the dots of not being pressured in today's dating society of trying to be, you know, someone you're not, or trying to impress people. We got to know each other on a friendship level really mm -hmm. deep because we were not trying to like each other intentionally. And it, it kind of got to show who we were. And I was like, that's who I fell in love with. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's really cool. At, at 20, how do you get that, that kind of, clarity or that clarity of voice because you know like when you're when you're young you have all these different thoughts racing through your head and i'm sure yeah there's a ton of things going on but how do you get that like okay this this is god saying this this is not me like this is god this is really happening yeah i think one of them too is is and this is you know it's funny that i did this is i i went to god i dated two people before this in my life and they, they weren't that long relationships and the first one was I thought really, really cool, really good. And the second one was kind of like, wow, this is dumb. And so after the second person I dated, I was like, God, I'm like, I don't want to date. I want you to like literally put a woman in front of me and I want to marry, like that's who I'm married or I'm going to be single the rest of my life. And I'm good with that. If I'm single, I don't want to play this chasing game and trying to impress people. I'm like, this is not me. And I'm just like, that's how it's going to go. So I literally almost like told or asked God, like, this is how I want it to happen. And little, little did I know that he was going to do it like a year later, I literally was thinking I was going to be single for a long, long time. And it, I got that. And I think a lot of it too, is I, I didn't know for sure if it was from God. And that's why I went to get clarification from some, you know, other mentors or other people in my life. Like, Hey, is this crazy? Like, I don't even know her. Like, 
but it, I really feel God is telling me that this is going to be my wife. And so I had some trusted people in my life that, you know, they poured, poured life into me and, and we talked about it. We prayed about it. And so it wasn't just me. I got that confirmation, but I, I wanted some more validation from my community because, and there were, and it wasn't everyone. I didn't share this with barely any people. There's only a few people, you know, in your life probably that you have when they say something that you really want to listen to. Cause if you share everything with everyone, you're going to get so many opinions and so many different things. And so you want to make sure you're doing that with people that genuinely love you. And they're not trying to give you how they would do something, but how they see you in your relationship with God. Yeah. I like that's important. That's important. The people that we keep around and the people that we share with are, are, are really important. Um, because one, they, they either reflect who you are or they reflect who you want to be. And then they can, because they know you, they care about you. Uh, they want to see you uh, succeed or, or do what's best for you. They can give you some honest advice. Like, you know, yeah, I, you know what? I've been around both of you guys. You guys are great. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. I think she's a perfect girl and you're the perfect guy. Let's go, go give it a shot. Or, yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> you might be out yeah. keeping your coverage. We had family members that, you know, and different people like, uh, I, I don't think this is a good idea. So there's definitely people that said this is, you know, this is a bad idea. And, and that's why the, the few people that said it was good are the people that I really trusted. Cause if they said it was a bad idea, I probably would have been like, okay, I'm doing this too quick then, you know, something, something yeah. is off that I'm missing. And that's why it's important who you get your advice from and who you're actually listening to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what did her, what did her dad say? Uh, cause I, I mean, obviously he didn't know that you guys were, <laughs> were going in this direction. I think he kind of knew because I was helping him build his house, right? So I, I think he just saw that, you know, I was somehow in love with her and I didn't even know it. So I think him and his wife, so my, my in-laws and even my parents to some point, they kind of just knew it seemed like. And so, because I was building his house with him from the bottom up, from literally digging the foundation and doing oh, wow. everything. So he got to spend a lot, I got to spend a lot of time with him, right? And he got to know who I was, character what I want to do. We talked a lot. So he got to see my heart. And so when I asked him, he said yes, instantly. And I was actually, it was funny. I wasn't afraid to ask him at all. I, I was like, I already know they're going to say yes, him and, you know, him and his wife are, they're going to, they're going to bless it because I feel like I got to show who I am and this is how I'm going to take care of your daughter. You know, like you get yeah. to see how my work ethic is. I'm showing up, I'm doing this, I'm doing things I don't know how to do, telling you my story in life, what I want to do. And I don't think a lot of people get to do that with their, you know, future father-in-law and mother-in-law. Like I got to like every day for like almost a year building that house. So yeah, that part wasn't scary at all for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you had, you had an opportunity to kind of show the kind of person you were to him. So it was like, he probably was thinking too, like, man, this is kind of, kind of guy I want my daughter to to marry like he shows up he's hardworking. he's got work ethic he, he's good with his hands <laughs> you know that kind of stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so, that was really so you good. guys and... you guys go ahead no no go ahead no 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 you're good you're good okay i would say so you so you guys uh you know you you tell her you love her shortly after you propose um, and then you guys get married. How, how much after that, I guess you got a 12 year old. So a few years go by. Um, uh, and then no, just about a, like a year, a little, little over a year. Yeah. Yeah. A little over a year. Over okay. A year. All right. We, yeah. We started so having kids. Over a, oh, 
Yeah, yeah. So so what what was that like? Because uh, I was 29 when I had my first daughter. So I, I would consider myself old at that point. But, you know, I had an opportunity to do a lot of different things career wise and other, you know, travel and do all those things that people say you should do before you start having kids. Um, having having a kid at 21. What was that like? Dude, it was uh, <clears throat> uh, so I was 22 when I had when when, when our oldest was born. But it was tough okay. because I didn't have a career. You know, I've I've made some money, um, but I was not very successful. I just obviously got out of high school, and I started working some stuff. And then I took a lot of time off to just build my father and my to be father's house. And I wasn't getting paid to do it. I just did it. And so I didn't have money in the bank. I didn't have this big track record. And I'm and I'm, you know, I married someone that's she's 28 when we got married. So I'm like, I gotta like. I got to like own up. I got to get going here. Right. And so when we had the kid, it's just more pressure. And I remember I'll actually never forget this is we bought our first house and it was just tiny little, tiny little home. And my mortgage payment was under $300. We lived in the country and I'm working for seven 25 an hour and I'm not making the bills. And I I'm trying to build businesses at the same time. So that's why I'm not, I'm not trying to pursue like an actual career. I'm trying to do some part-time work, and this little town and the businesses are failing. We got, we got our youngest and I'm just trying to pay the bills and trying to learn how to parent. And there's a lot of pressure on. And I, I see why most people say like, don't do it this way. Cause it was really hard, man. Like looking back when you don't have that financial stability to like go buy diapers, go buy food for your family. It's really tough. And so, um, yeah, I look back and it, it was very hard, but it also, it built a character in me like to press on and push forward and like, Hey, if I can get through this, then my kids are going to see and hear the story of what I did. And I just never gave up and kept going. And then it was really, really good for me, even though it was really hard. It was really good. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I can imagine, you know, you're at 21. I don't even know what I would, I think I, I had just graduated from college. And so I had no, real idea what I was going to do with my life. You know, I, I had a, I got a job in, in marketing, I think it was at that time. And I thought that's what I wanted to do and found out very shortly after it wasn't. And so I couldn't, I couldn't imagine uh, adding, you know, my daughter or the responsibilities of, of being the type of father that I wanted to be at that time. You know what I mean? I just, I just, so that's a testament to you, man, because you, you, not only did you overcome it, but then you, 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 you kind of move, move forward and it, it grew you in a lot of ways. I'm sure it did. You know, one thing that it does is when you have a kid and you, I'm, you know this, but when you're doing it young like that and you don't have that, like the success track record, even or money in the bank, and you got a wife, like you have to step up and you got to be that father and you got to be that husband. And it's not, it's not games anymore. The pre- the game is being played and the pressure is on. And so, you know, I committed to this relationship. And when we have a baby, like I got, I'm providing my wife was working. And then when we had the kid, she didn't want to work anymore. So it's like, she's like, that's cool. I was good with that. And so it's like, all right, it's game on. And so it made me grow up really fast. You know, I, I didn't, I was not out partying. I wasn't out doing all that stuff. You know, I'm like, I'm getting to work, I'm building businesses and I'm learning how to raise this new child. And as I'm sure you aware, when you have someone, that you're responsible for like that. It's a big burden to bear. And mm-hmm. it just made me grow up really quick. Yeah. So, so what did you, uh, 
you, you were you were building business. What kind of businesses were you were you building at that time? Dude, I had I had like seven different ones that failed. Um, just flat yeah. on their face. I was doing wall art stuff where you put like vinyl on walls. I was wrapping guitars and drums with with graphics. My I grew up in a sign. My dad owned a sign company, so we were just doing stuff with like vinyl and signs and imagery, and then. So we came up with like four or five businesses that just failed completely. And then we came up with one. Uh, it's called Deers. It's actually running today. Still, it's it's a jewelry business that you put images and graphics on. Like we started out putting them on fishing lures. And it just took off. We we just started making tons of product, getting into stores, wholesaling it. Um, and we built it from the ground up with an idea. And we built that business while we had three kids and we, I actually still have my daytime job. So I was working 40 hours a week while I was working 30 to 40 hours building my family business with me and my parents, my wife and her parents. We all owned it together, one six each. And then by the end of it, um, I got out with my wife. We got our shares bought out like three years ago. And um, we had 15 employees and I had like 65 salespeople across the country selling for me. And we started in a little garage in my dad's place. And I bought a $6,000 square feet warehouse, uh, like a, almost like a pretty brand new building um, by the end of it. So it was really fun, man, but it was so challenging paying bills. And the biggest part though, was the time management, right? I'm working 40 hours, full-time job. We're having more kids trying to spend time with the wife, trying to spend time with the kids while I'm building the business. And that part of my life was like insane. My twenties were crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, uh, how did you? How did you manage that? How did you juggle working the full time and building the business that that took off, blew up, and I'm sure that that required more of your time. Like you're working another thirty, forty hours. So you got two yeah. full time jobs. How are you? How are you managing uh, being present for for your family, for your wife, for your for your Dude. you know your growing family at that? I think one of the only ways that did it was by the grace of God, man, and because I, I had to put the time in the business to do it. And my wife was a, an owner too. So we spent a lot of time together just working in the business side by side. So we would stay up till 11 or midnight, putting jewelry together on the couch, watching a movie, putting orders together and spending that time and we're talking. And so a lot of the work that could be done, um, we were able to do it together. And then for the kids, they were there. And so when I get home from work at three, they're in the shop, they're running around, um, they're seeing grandma and grandpa. So we're still in their lives and doing things. But I will say, like, looking back, there's definitely times the family did suffer, you know, um, because of the time commitment that had to be put in. And so what I learned when when you're doing stuff, you can't have, what do you call it? Like, there's no, like, equal proportions in life, I feel like, when you're trying to achieve certain things. Something has to be sacrificed. And part of family time was sacrificed. And it did suck a bit. It really did, but I will say it did build something for my family and me that was really cool. But like where I'm at now, I don't want to do that. Like in my in my businesses now, I, I take time way more out of my schedule and plan it out. And it's written in my calendar to spend time with my kids. And I didn't do that early on. I learned that I should have done that because I still could have. And I thought I had to put all this time in, this energy and I was just striving to find that time with them. And it, 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 it was a sacrifice, man, that it was tough. 
Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think something that you, that you mentioned there and that a lot of guys that are in similar situations, having to work and provide and, you know, have a, a full-time job and they're trying to build a business that gives them a little bit more freedom is, is that calendar, right. And that schedule, if mm-hmm. you can, if you can get active in that calendar and that schedule, you can, you can make the time because the time, time is what it is. There's only so many hours in a day and, you know, there are things that are going to be fighting for that time. But if you take control over it and you, you know, you mark off time, that's going to be for family. You can still get all the other things that you want to get done because they have a dedicated time. And, and I think we miss that a lot is because like you said, we're trying to do these things. We know it's going to take a lot from us and we know we've got to build, but, but we don't, we don't, we don't take the other part of it in, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for my family. I'm building this business for my family, but mm-hmm. we're sacrificing that time at the same time with our family. No, that's really good. You know, and what, what, what the Lord has been showing me a lot lately is he's going to honor you honoring your family. And mm-hmm. if you have big plans, if he has big plans for your life and he wants you to be a big business owner or do these things and you're spending time with the Lord and then you're spending time with your family, he's going to, he's going to set you up. And so when your priorities are, are right in that, you're not going to strive. You're actually going to be successful in rest. And that's what I'm learning lately is I've been just asking God to like, really like, I want to be doing these things and I want to do it in your rest. I don't want to strive anymore. And I think that's a huge part where we miss in this society and culture is we feel like we have to, what you just said, put the time in, put the hours. We have to almost struggle sometimes to like validate like where we're going. And it's like, you know, God really wants us to honor our wife and our kids. And obviously like the fatherhood, right? Like if I'm not spending my time and they just see their father, like not spending one-on-one time with, with them, it affects their development as they grow up. So my calendar is every Friday. Um, I, I don't come to the shop. Um, I, I only come to the shop Monday through Thursday. Friday is my boys day. And I rotate every Friday for each one. And they're so excited. They cannot wait where are we going? You know, what are we going to do? And I let them pick, you want to go out to eat? You want to go fishing? You want to go kayaking? You know, they get to pick cause it's their day and I'm honoring them to spend that one-on-one time with them. And it's fun. Cause when they come back, they can't wait. The other ones are like, Oh, I can't wait for next week. Right. And I didn't do that when they were like really little. And I'm glad I'm doing it now though, because it's so meaningful because when they're two or three or four, it's, it's one thing to, you know, spend time with them. But when I'm like, Hey, this day is for you. We're going to go out for four hours that bonding time is so, so important. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, especially when like my oldest is going to be turning 13, he's going to be starting to become a man now. And there's certain things that, you know, his mom is not, is not going to be able to teach him that I need to step into a new role that I'm learning. And if I'm not spending that time with him and I'm trying to build these businesses and be like, Hey, I'm doing this for you, son. You know, I want to set you up with money. Do you really think it when you know when you're on your deathbed and I'm 70 or 80 that would I rather give my kid a ton of money or would I rather look back when I'm fishing with him, spending time talking to him about, hey man, this new part of your life, your body's changing, you know, you're going to start liking girls. There's things I want to start talking to you about of how to set yourself up for marriage. You know, if you don't have those conversations, they're they're missing out and I feel like God has given you your children to steward. And it's your responsibility that he gave you to pour into them. And so that's what I'm learning, man, right now. And 
I'm definitely not perfect by no means. And there's times where I'm like, oh crap, I really wish I had more time to spend outside of Friday sometimes. And I do, but it's, it's, it's a balancing act. But if I could go say anything to anyone, it's like, put your family and your kids first and honor God, you know, first too. And then your business after that and he'll, and he'll bless it. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you, when you're able to prioritize, uh, like I say, keep the most important things, the most important things, the, the other things, because when you do that, right. And you pour into your family, you pour into your wife, you pour into your kids, you are getting fulfilled from that. Like that's a fun and exciting experience for you and for them. And then you're able to take that energy that, you know, you filled your cup up and now you're able to take mm-hmm. that and, and go to the business and be able to be present in business fulfilled and happy and ready to rock with whatever happens and pour yourself into that as well. Um, you mentioned something that, that, uh, that I had posted about this a while ago and it's just kind of like this, um, not necessarily rites of passage, but, but young men or boys going from like being, uh, kids to that kind of teenage years that adolescence where they're kind of transitioning and starting to like, for the first time, meet some of their manhood, um, and having, having you be present as opposed to your wife kind of in some of those moments. Um, that's something that I think a lot of us miss out on um, because we don't have maybe those conversations, probably for the reasons that we're talking about is that guys aren't setting that time. Um, but do you have like a, a <laughs> like, like a blueprint for what you want to talk about? Or are you going to kind of let that yeah. come? No, I do actually. And it's, it's, it's not my blueprint. A friend of mine, his name is Joshua Latimer. Um, I learned this from him actually, and he okay. does this thing called a rite of passage and he lets his kids get to pick where they want to go. And he's done two of these now with his two oldest boys. And I believe they went to Alaska, both of them. And they go out and oh, their, wow. their, their grandparents go with them too. The grandpas go out and they like, they write like a letter to their future wife. They pray over them. They bless them. You know, they, they're very intentional. And so I, I looked at his model and I'm like, I, I'm going to do that. And so I want to go out. I'm going to take uh, my boy out somewhere. I think we might go fly fishing in Colorado yet. It hasn't been decided exactly, but I think that's where we're going to end up going and go into, into nature and just really just tell him how much I love him. You know, I'm excited to be his father and, you know, anything he wants to talk about and just really get into, of you know, you're going to goof up, man. And I just want to do it with you. And I'm going to goof up too. And just really like my role here now moving forward into manhood is to try to teach you what I've learned, but also to teach you, you know, to listen to the father and go through Jesus and and really dive into he's the true father. Right. And I'm your earthly father. And then just, just get that kind of foundation set and then come back and be like, Hey, life's going to be different now. Like you're going to become a man. And in today's society, I think it's so important because they're, the men are really getting attacked right now. And to if you're going to be a good husband, I want I want my boys to be set up where they can honor their wives and they can take care of them. And they're really pushing forward. And I think setting that kind of like taking them out on that rite of passage, I never got that. And I, I can imagine if someone did that, like that would fire me up, man, of like, wow, like I got my dad or my grandpas and people like are believing in me. And I just think that's, that's something that people, if they got that, I've seen a few people come out of it and you're like, it's different for them. And so, yeah, that's kind of the blueprint. Some of it will all kind of wing it, but I'm going to get it from my friend, how he set his up. 
Yeah, I like that, man. I really like that idea because I don't think as as young men, I, like I said, I didn't get it. And I don't think many, many guys do get that opportunity to to go out and have like a true rites of passage kind of kind of time with their father um, and and doing some things with your hands. Like you said, going fishing, hunting, just getting out into nature, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's just camping, you're outside and you're one with nature, you're, you're talking and it's just you right? It's just you two, or like you say, maybe you bring in some of the other males in the family, um, you know, grandfathers or uncles even, um, and that community of, of close-knit males, and you kind of bring all the boys in and, and, and welcome them to manhood with, with open arms and, and kind of answer some of those questions or maybe give them some prompts for what, you know, what could be coming. Um, because a lot of us, we walk into it almost blind, you know, we, we're just kind of feeling around in the dark trying to figure out what it is uh, that's happening to us at, at that age and, and what we're expected to be. Because I think as kids, no one has really any expectations of us as kids. And then as we become teenagers and soon to be adults, all of a sudden expectations are, are heaped upon us. Yeah. And I, you made a really good point of like that expectations. If, if no one really tells you, you don't know, you got to make it up. You're trying to figure it out. And so if you don't have someone like a father, you know, like a father figure, because there's people that don't have fathers, right? There's people right. that they don't have. If you don't have someone like that in your life that's able to pour into you, you're trying to just figure it out. And what if, if the world's saying this or your friends are saying this, you just go along with it and you don't know any better. And right. a lot of people miss out on that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, too, in the, in society as it stands right now, there's so much cloudiness around around the definitions of of manhood or or masculinity or all these different things right and so if you're just trying to figure it out on your own and you get you know a list of things from this person and a list of things from that person and they conflict then you're like i don't know i guess i'm gonna figure it out what it is for me or what it means for me and then that leads to more problems and so Mm -hmm. i think like i said these rites of passage where we we get together uh and, and talk and spend time and do hard things and, and all these different things, I think really help. And along with defining for them in, in our family unit, in our idea, what, this is what manhood is going to be or is, uh, this is what masculine is or isn't, what that energy is or isn't. Um, and, and this is how we move in the world. This is how we show up as a world. This is how the Matheson men do their thing. Um, and you know, we're welcoming you into it, um, to do your thing as well. Yeah, definitely, man. That's good. Yeah. So, so you've got to do three of those, man. You gotta, you've got to, you yeah. <laughs> yeah. you, you got to do some planning. I think the first one is going to be really good to, to get, to get an idea of, of what you want to do on the next two for sure. Um, but that, that first experience, I think even for you as a father is, uh, is, is almost like your rites of passage because it's your first time having a a boy, a young, a young man going. And I think, I think a lot of times we miss that. Like even with our own parents, we, we fail to give them grace in parenting, not realizing that, you know, they were first timers. Like it was their first time ever doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and and we, you know, we, we hold these kind of revisionist expectations on what they should have done or shouldn't have done. And then we become parents. We're like, oh man, I get it now. You know, we're just trying, <laughs> just trying to figure it out, like trying to keep this kid alive from day to day. You know? Oh, dude, uh, we were, I was just talking about this with my wife last night of how 
there's so much more grace for our parents because we're, we got so much going on in our life and we're trying to parent as well. And we got all this stuff over here that's falling apart. And then this, and then the kids and you're like, wow, you know, our, our parents, they didn't have it all together. Like we thought they did. Cause like, we don't have mm-hmm. it all together at all. And, and you definitely have more grace for your parents. That's for sure. And you start realizing, you know, wow, they, they did a really good job for what, what they had in their situation. And it's, yeah. it's very eye opening when you become a parent like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they had less resources, right? They didn't have the yeah. availability of information that we have to get things done. Like they had to really figure it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. We can, we can outsource most things if we need to. I mean, obviously some things we want to try to do on our own, but I mean, we can, we don't have to go to the library and find an encyclopedia to try to, <laughs> to try to learn anything. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a different time, but, I, but I, uh, that's, I think that's going to be really cool for the both of you to uh, to do the rites of passage thing. I think, like I said, I think you're going to learn just as much from it as as uh, as he is. I'm I'm kind of envious of that though, man, because I got I have daughters and I don't. I mean, not that it, there isn't like a period of time where I need to say, you know, sit them down and talk to them about, hey, this is what boys are at this age. Uh, this is what's going to happen. This is how they're going to approach you and all those different things. But I think it's very, very different than, than what you're talking about. I don't know that we're going to go uh, hunting or fishing and, <laughs> and, uh, and talk about those things, but, I, but I do want to have those conversations. I just don't, you know, I'm jealous of the fact that you get to do that, uh, that whole experience. I think that's going to be really cool. Yeah. That's funny. Cause you know, I don't have any girls and, uh, you know, I have some friends that have little girls and you're just like, wow, life would be so different. And you have to, you you have to parent them differently and you get to go through different experiences. So it's, it's kind of vice versa too. Like that whole father daughter kind of love or like that protective, you know, I don't know what that's like. And I've seen it. I can see it in some other friends that I have. I'm like, I'm not going to be, I don't get to experience that. So like, I'm kind of jealous on that side too. I don't, I don't, I don't get to do that, but it is, it's different, isn't it? When you have girls and boys, you can see it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because I, I have some, I have some friends that have all boys, um, and I have, and then me, right? And so the way when we get together, or we have like little family get-togethers, or we'll do things together, and I'm watching how almost careless they are about what their kids are doing. <laughs> like the boys are like jumping off the roof, and like kids punched another kid in the eye, and like all these things are happening, and they're just, you know, they're talking like nothing's going on. Like these are just boys being boys. And my daughter yeah. is like, you know, I'm, I'm making, I'm looking out the, you know, I'm, I'm helicopter dad, making sure people are okay. And, uh, they're just like, whatever, man, he's going to be fine. If he's not fine, he'll be fine eventually. <laughs> That's so funny. You said the helicopter dad, like we'll go to the park and, and I go, you can tell the helicopter parents, I'm like, oh, that's their first kid. They've only got one kid, just the way that they're running around parenting and like, you know, yeah. they are like, it's so funny. Cause we're like, oh, those are rookies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you know, the funny part about it is, is even when you're like right there, the stuff still happens. Like you, you think oh, it's yeah. gonna, it still, ha- it still happens. The kid still falls off the monkey bars. Like it, it oh, yeah. and it's ne- it's necessary too, because it's there's something that can be learned from f- using that reference, falling off the monkey bars that can't be learned any other way. Like you, you, you kind of have to go through some of those things to learn that lesson. Yeah, no, and it's so interesting you say that because like if you really love your kids, you have to let them feel pain and suffering. You have to let mm-hmm. them feel those emotions and you have to they have to learn from stuff. You can't protect them from everything. 
because then they're going to be naive. And when the real world hits them, they're not going to know what to do. And so if you're not letting your kids fall down or, you know, get dirty and do this, they, they become, I don't, I don't think the word's entitled. I'm trying to think of the word to actually use here of almost naive of what's going to happen to them Mm -hmm. later on in life. And I was just talking to this with my wife last night is, you know, when you, when you're disciplining and punishment are two different things. And it, and when our kids are misbehaving and, and we don't discipline them correctly and we let them get away with stuff, it's going to hurt them later on in life. And they're, 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 they're going to end up if we don't. And that's why I use the word, dis, the difference between discipline and punishment, because discipline you're, you're doing it. I feel like from an act more of love and you're, you're trying to really, you know, help them or when you're punishing somebody, you're, you're going after them because they did something and you're, you're reprimanding them for that, that thing. But when we discipline our children, it's like, Hey, if you keep in this, this thing, it's going to hurt you later on in life. And I don't want you to go down that road. And so a big thing in our household is it's not the thing that you did. It's if you lied about it. And so we're really, Mm -hmm. we're really like, Hey, we have so much grace for whatever you do. We just want you to tell us. But if you lie about it to us, that's where we're actually hurt. It's not the thing that actually it is. It's because you're learning. You didn't know. And if you did know, you didn't have that feeling before. And we want to talk about that. So it's like process with them. Like, hey, you know, why did you think that was okay? And I think a lot of people and a lot of parents don't have those conversations with their kids. And the kids never get to process that stuff. So when they run into situations later on in life, they've never processed these things with their parents. So they just naturally think, well, why can't I do this? Right. And so mm-hmm. that's a big thing in ours is it's communication and just being truthful because everyone's different. Everyone's going to learn in different ways. And if you can't discipline your kids in, in different ways, and the, the interesting part about this discipline thing is, is everyone of our three kids, I almost have to discipline them differently because what you, you take away something from one, it doesn't mean anything to the other. Like I'll just use video <laughs> games for one. One of our kids does not care about video games. So we can't have this universal well, if you do this, you can't have video games for a week. The other one will be like, cool, I'll just go read a book. Like he literally yeah. just be like, well, I'm just going to read a book. But the other one will like, that's like, he loves doing that. And so I'm learning, I have to discipline them differently because they kind of need to feel that. It, does that. Does that make sense to you? 100%, 100%. Because I think if they don't feel that, then when they get outside your house, it feels so much worse. Like if it's the first time they yeah. ever feel any suffering or pain, it's like the worst thing in the world. And we think that we're doing them a service by buffering them from them, buffering them from it and shielding them from it and and keeping them from having to um, deal with it. But eventually it's going to happen. And when it does, it's not going to come from from someone who's loving and caring like we are, who cares about their growth and their feelings. It's going to come from some outside source that has no care for that. And uh, it's going to feel significantly worse for sure. Yeah, there's a really cool analogy that I really like, and it, it, it relates to a lot, but from parenting is, is like the whole uh, caterpillar to butterfly. When the caterpillar is getting out of the cocoon, if you rip open the cocoon, the, the butterfly dies because it needs the strength to break it. And so if you parent your kids where they don't feel what we just talked about, the pain and the suffering and, and going through things, they're just going to get wrecked emotionally. They're not going to know how to handle situations when pressure hits them. And so as they're little, when they're little, when their brains are forming, they need to learn how to cope and they need to learn how to deal with when things don't feel good. And so I feel like as a parent, I'm really trying to have that balance of I'm protecting them, you know, but at the same time, I'm not 
I'm, I'm not trying to do everything for them. I want them to learn. I want them to grow and I want them to actually feel that pain as they're breaking free from that cocoon. And I just, as a parent, sometimes just want to rip it off because I've gone through it. I'm strong enough to do it. I can go, yeah, we, we can do this. I can take that from you and I'll take that for you. And that's, that's the part where if you do that, you're actually doing a disservice to your children most of the time. Sometimes you obviously need to get involved and you need to protect them and, 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 you know, stand up and get in the way. But most time is you're actually hurting them. You, they're their own person that's trying to figure this whole thing out of life. And the, the beautiful adventure of life is actually the ups and the downs, right? It's not, it's not just ups. You have to go through the mountains and it's really hard though, as a parent, cause you want to rip that whole cocoon off for them. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think something you said, uh, too, is the, uh, you know, them processing it and, and communication. I think those two things are a skill, like the ability to process mm-hmm. uh, your situation and figure out, you know, what what the lesson is in it, how you can move forward, what you what you learn and how you grow from it. It's a skill and it has to be practiced. It can't be something that all of a sudden when I'm an adult now and I live on my own, I just all of a sudden I know how to process things or I know how to communicate. Um, you know, giving them the opportunity to, to do that with you again, in what I would consider a safe space, um, allows them to kind of, like you said, flex that then build that strength to, to do that in the real world, because they're going to need to have that skill. Yeah. You have to be, you have to let them be able to fail. And like you Mm -hmm. said, a safe, a safe place to let them fail where they won't be judged and they'll be loved because they, you got to figure it out. And the only way to figure it out is to fail. It's to try things out and, and see if what happens from it. And that's a, I just, that's a great thing that you just said there, because if they don't feel safe and they don't feel like you have their back or that they don't trust you, they're not going to do those things and you're not in front of you. And then they're going to do it behind your back or they're going to do these things. And you're like, I don't know how to help you because I don't know what's going on in your life. And that, that happens so much. Um, and that's never going to be a perfect scenario. Your, your kids are never going to tell you everything. We know that because we've been kids, but you can try to, (laughs) (laughs) but you can create an environment where they do feel safe though, to share when they want to share. And I think that's very Mm -hmm. important because the whole part of growing up in life is just figuring it out. No one's really got it all. And you want to do that with your kids, right? Like you love them. You want them to be as successful as they can be. You know, you want them to get married and have kids and have healthy relationships. And that's one of the hardest things in life is relationships. And what you said, you know, if they're not processing how you, and they're not going through those scenarios, how are you going to have healthy relationships when conflict comes up? Right. Cause when mm-hmm. conflict comes up, if your kids aren't learning how to deal with conflict, they run. Right. People run when conflict comes up, if you don't know how to deal with it. So right. yeah, man, parenting is crazy though. It's, 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 there's so many times where I'm just like, Lord, thank you for having grace on me because this week has been so hard trying to parent. And I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I heard somebody say it's, uh, it's kind of like, uh, learning how to juggle while riding a unicycle, even though you don't know how to ride a unicycle or yeah. juggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's, a, that's a good analogy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things where like, as soon as you, you've got it and I'm like, all right, man, I'm, I, I did, I killed it today as dad. And then something happens tomorrow. And I'm like, Oh man. All right. Back to the drawing board. Let me, uh, let me try this again. <laughs> yeah. Just when you're like, wow, I think I'm getting the hang of this. And you're like, no, I guess I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like my, uh, my, my oldest is 10. She'll be going to middle school next year. And she started to get that, that pre tween, like she's starting to like 
just different things. Like she's not, she doesn't want to play dolls with her little sister anymore or not mm -hmm. as often. It's just like completely different. She wants to watch shows with middle schoolers in it and not, it's like not cartoons anymore. It's like actual shows with actors. And I'm like, Oh man. All right. I just, just when I had this kid thing down, here you go, you're switching it up. All right. <laughs> let me start doing some research. Let me start talking to some people and then, you know, just let me get to know you. And then I think that's one thing that I think we miss is we, as they're transitioning, we have the opportunity to step in and, and, and go with them on that journey. Right. And maybe not just be on the outside looking in, but like when I have an opportunity, I sit down and I talk just how was today? What happened? How'd that make you feel? Like, and she, <laughs> she's like, okay, dad, enough questions, but I just want to have an inside look on what's going on so that I can help you better. You know, if I have yeah. no reference for, for the, for whatever you bring to me, then I can only tell you from what I know. Right. But if I understand what's going on at school and who said what, and when you say somebody's name, like what that means, and I can give you a little bit, or, bit better advice on how to handle it or how to navigate it or, or none at all and just let you go because I know you can handle it. No, that's good, man. Yep. Yeah. So I, I got a, I got a couple questions for you. Um, and this has been really good, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time, but I, I got a couple questions. Um, and I actually might throw one extra one in there and, and hopefully it doesn't, you know, gum up the gears too much, but this month of March, um, my, my theme on social media, um, on Instagram specifically is, is we've been talking about masculinity, um, and, and what that means. And I think, you know, that we hear a lot of talk about a masculinity crisis and you mentioned earlier, there's, there's kind of like an attack on men. Um, and I think some of the issue is, is the definition for what masculine is or what manhood is, is, is super broad. Right. And we've kind of gotten to a point where we allow it to be subjective and where each person can kind of tell you what their manhood is or what manhood is to them or what masculinity is, or what masculinity is to them. And um, so I'm wondering if you if you could give maybe three, three things, like three characteristics of, of masculinity, um, what, what do you think those would be? I would say probably a protector, a provider. And in like leadership would probably be the three that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. I like that. Now, now let's, let's see how, how those kind of fall into this next question, because uh, this is a question I ask all the time. And again, I get a lot of different answers and I think it's because it means a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, and depending on where you're at in your journey, it may mean something different more than others. And, and so uh, my, my second question to you is, is what does, what does fatherhood mean to you? I think fatherhood means to me a uh, responsibility um, and being very present in the raising of who is in, who is given to you by God. So what I mean by that, like that you have been given a role to pour into these, these children of yours and it's your responsibility that God gave you and how you do that, I think will be partly how you're judged actually. And so I think fatherhood is a very serious thing because you're bringing up the next generation on this earth of how they're going to treat people, how they're going to act, how they're going to do things. And what you do has a very, very impactful role on your children because your children look up to you, whether that you believe that or not, they look to see how you do things, how you talk, how you act. So fatherhood is really, you're representing 
who you want your kids to be. And they're going to mimic a lot what you do. And I think it's a, it's, it's a very, very important aspect of life. I agree. I agree. Um, okay. So next question, and it's a two part question. So I'm gonna kind of give it to you in two different parts. Um, you're a co-host of the upstream podcast, right? That's correct. We just started it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now you've done great marketing, great advertising. Uh, you know, you've, you've got this next episode coming out. You got all of your target audience in it. Your target audience is fathers. What is the title of that episode and what do you want them to hear? Um, <laughs> this is very uh, interesting. We we have a title. I can't remember it exactly, but it's it's actually the castration of the men of America that's happening okay. right now. Yeah, is what we're going to be talking about, and it's going to be very interesting. <laughs> well, there it is. That's the that's the fellas. You're listening. You got to you got to click over. You got to get over to the podcast. That's that's the one you got to listen to. Yeah, that's going right. to be, uh, we, we have our notes on this one and we're going to record it actually Thursday. And it's, it's a very, be a very interesting, the, the rabbit holes that we're going to go down on that one. Yeah. I'm, I got to tune in as this sounds like something that's right up my alley, especially right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so, uh, second, second part to that question, it's still, still, still the podcast. You guys, you know, you did your market, that episode killed, you did your marketing, you got exactly who you want. Um, but instead of a bunch of fathers, it's three people. There's only three of them and they're your sons. What do you want them to hear? Hmm. I would like them to hear, um, how much, um, joy that they, that they bring to me, um, and how much I love them. Even when I get frustrated with them, you know, when I might get angry, that they are the joy of my life. And I'm very proud that they're my sons. And I'm very excited to see who they become as men as they, as they get older. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for them to have kids of their own. And we can laugh and tell stories of, <laughs> of what happened when I was parenting and they get to tell me, you know, the, the struggles that they're going through and we can just like crack a beer open and just start you know, you like look over, I can just picture and just do like a head nod. Like, yep, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I tell people all the time, I want to be a, a great grandfather like that. I want to get to that, that next, next level of, of fatherhood and be like the wise old great grandfather where the kids come and they, they sit next to my chair and they ask me questions and I can kind of be like that wise old owl, uh, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of sharing that stuff. And, and I, you know, because once you become a father, you you never stop, right? You're you're a father mm -hmm. for eternity. You're going to be somebody's father, grandfather, great grandfather. I just want to be present to be the great grandfather, um, and and you know see my family line and what they do and what they're able to achieve. Because I think uh, in in parenting and in, in fatherhood, we we are doing a great job in the moment, but we really don't know until our kids become adults, right? Because we're raising adults. They're yeah. just children right now. And we really don't know. So I want to be able to live long enough to see them as adults and then to see them parent and see like, hey, are they doing some of the stuff that I did? Or, you know, I want to be able to give parenting advice to my children. I want to be able to share with them the things that I learned. Um, and then I want to, like I said, just be the old grandpa that asks, that answers questions <laughs> and gives right? like, yeah, give we a were... kid a, 
<laughs> we were at the last Christmas, you know, and there's, I don't know, there's probably like 20 or 25 grandkids running around. And I looked over at my father-in-law and you can just see him smiling, you know, I'm sure. And he's just like, wow, like there's a lot of, a lot of stuff happened here because of that whole family line. And I'm like, I can't wait to, to just like look around and be like, wow. Yeah. Look at this big family. Yeah. 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 And pass out like, uh, quarters and penny candies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, man, well, look, thank you for, for joining us. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. I really enjoyed your, your outlook on, on parenting. Um, if, if guys are wanting to, to get in touch with you, if they want to find the podcast or they want to, you know, get in touch with you to ask you any questions or just to say, thank you. Uh, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, I'm most active on my Instagram. It's just Jaron Matheson, my name, my first name, last name. And then on Instagram too, our podcast is The Upstream Podcast. And so that's, I'm right. most active on those two. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, so fellas, if you're, if you're, if you're still listening and I hope you are, this is where the most important stuff happens anyway. Um, make sure you guys go follow The Upstream Podcast. Make sure you go find, uh, follow Jaron Matheson on Instagram. Um, and, and get yourself, uh, some of this, this, I mean, it, like I said, I found him on Instagram and I was like, Whoo, I like this. Um, and, and so I've been following ever since. And, you know, I am constantly trying to improve my fatherhood toolbox. And when you find quality people out there who are talking about things that, that matter, things that are important, um, you know, the, they deserve a follow. Right. And I, I talked about this last week with, with, uh, it was Tom Billy who was talking about he trained his algorithm uh, to only show him things that are going to benefit him. And I know algorithm is a, is, a, is a beast. It can put anything in front of you, anything it thinks you like. And sometimes it's right. And so let's make sure that we're putting the things on our algorithm uh, that are going to feed our soul, that are going to build us up, that are going to make us better men, better parents, better, better husbands. Um, you know, Instagram is, is a interesting place. Social media in general is an interesting place. And, and so let's make sure we take control of our, our algorithm and follow the people who are going to build us up. All right, Jared, I really appreciate you joining us, man. It, it, you know, I know you've, you've got a busy schedule as, as every father does. And so I'm going to let you get back to it. Um, but, but I look forward to talking to you soon and, uh, thanks again. Yeah, man, I really appreciate it. It's been really good. Thank you for having me on. Of course. You just tuned into another episode of the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at You Can Call Me Coach on Instagram. Also, follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood the number four and the letter U on you can call me coach. Uh, go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it. Don't, don't move. Keep it locked. You already know. You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show.